Welcome in. Hey. We got the live stream this week. Last week, the live stream was kind of there, but it wasn't maybe right for the, the first run for the viewing audience. We want to release this when it is perfected for you guys. No trial, no error, all perfection. That's right. But this is Wavy. Hey, and I'm Gray. And this is the Wavy and Gray podcast, yeah. baby. Yeah, this is episode 10, Wavy. Episode 10. This is double digits. Truly a landmark. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, welcome to the double double digit edition of the Wavy and Gray podcast. Uh, we got DJ Logic this week bringing us in uh, off the album Zen of Logic. I like it, and I like it. Let it breathe a little bit. Yeah. Bring uh, us in. Get the people. Get the listeners. Get the viewers. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Join us. Pull, pull up a chair in the lounge. Join in us the lounge, today, baby. Uh, we ready. Got an impactful show for you guys. Uh, a lot of great content. Obviously, so many things going on yeah. in the world of sports and just in life in general. Uh, and me and Greg gonna give you our perspective on it all. Yeah. So, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and hop in that uh, podcast rundown there, Greg. All right. So, episode ten. Here's what we got coming at you guys uh, in this double digit episode. Here, I'm gonna keep going back to it. Um, all right, so we got a little introduction today. Uh, Wave dug up an article that uh, that is, is kind of funny in a way. Uh, stay tuned for that sucker. Uh, then we're bouncing to the game of the week. We're bringing back an oldie but a goodie, the game of the week. Uh, bringing that one back for you uh, because there was an incredible game in the NFL this week. San Fran, Seattle, you guys have heard about it. We're going to run it down a little bit for you. We got Reina's corner at this week, Raina only had one submission for Raina's Corner, if you guys tuned in last week. She did her homework, and she submitted just one question, and it is the one that she most wants to hear our feedback That's on. That's right. We had we had no choice in Raina's Corner this week. It was chosen for us. Uh, we got our top five coming in after the break. We got our picks after that. Um, I didn't make up any ground in picks. Stay tuned for that. Uh, and then we got the hometown spotlight for you guys. Uh, and then the wrap up there at the end of the show. And that's going to bring this one home uh, this week on the Wavy and Gray podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Wave, you want to kick us off here? Yeah, thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Thank you, all our listeners and all of our new viewers. Yeah. Um, want to take the time. We got the YouTube channel. That is Wavy and Gray podcast channel. So you guys get out there. Subscribe to our YouTube for us, please. Hit that subscribe button and also hit the notification button so you guys can get notified when we drop a new video. Mm -hmm. Um, But (laughs) funny one, guys, and a lot of you may have seen it on your social media. It's where I kind of caught wind of it. Um, A prisoner who briefly died argues that he served his life sentence. (laughs) So (laughs) we have a a, a prisoner in Iowa that um, was given life in prison. And he briefly had passed away and then was revived. And he took an argument to court saying that he served out his life sentence. Uh, What what do you think about that, Gray? I think he's got a point. I think he's got a point. He served what what we consider to be a life sentence, right? As it's laid out there, it's a life sentence. And and so what was the deal? He got ill or whatever, but he died. and, And they determined that he was dead. Right, so it, it, it's written down. There's a time of death that's placed in this incident, and um, miraculously he came back. But I think he served his life term. I I, I think he did. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the, the guy is 66, uh, Mr. Sherber. Uh, he was Mr. sentenced. Sherber. He was sentenced to life without parole after being convicted of murder for killing a man with the handle of an axe hmm. in 1996. Changes the context a little bit now that you got the backstory. Right, right? you got the yeah. backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is according to, you know, the Des Moines Registry, right? Okay. So we know his crime. We know what he yeah. got convicted for. Uh, he has filed several unsuccessful appeals, but in 2018, he argued <laughs> to a court in Wapalo County Wapolo. that he had been... Rest, uh, he he had actually been revived against his will, right? Hmm. Um, and that because he had his sentence was expired, so you know, or I'm sorry, <laughs> let me let me run that back, guys. 
um, uh, reading error there, uh, as we are all human here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, at Wapolo County, he had been resuscitated okay. against his will. Hmm. His argument is he died and he'd been resuscitated against his will. And because of that, his sentence had expired. There's a lot of there's a lot here going on with this case here. I mean, first of all, the backstory doesn't sound like a good dude. Um, it, it's kind of funny that you know, on the surface, hey, I died. You guys brought me back. I served my life sentence. I think I understand that play that he's trying to make. Um, sounds like a bad dude though. And and if and if our court system can keep a bad dude like that in, um, I'm, I guess I'm for it then. So at yeah. first, I was I was I was thinking it was charming the way he was trying to do. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that dude's a bad guy. It's a funny kind of thing. And um, if I was the judge, I would keep him in. The The courts have not addressed whether he was, you know, wrongfully resuscitated or rightfully resuscitated. Um, and they they have, you know, dismissed many of these uh, requests as, um, you know, they, they just don't see any basis behind it, right? He's, you're living still, yeah. um, so you're, you're not dead. But he's just arguing that he was resuscitated. Against his will. You know, wrongfully against mm-hmm. his will. And against his brother's uh, request to not resuscitate. And oh. so this is why he is now arguing that. Um, you guys in the comments, please uh, <laughs> give us the information that you think. How do you think this plays out? Uh, what do you guys think? Because uh, it's kind of funny to us. And so we wanted to kind of lead out the show with something funny and goofy for you guys. And it almost um, ties into Raina's Corner almost in a way. It kind of does, right? especially with the axe murderer, you know, stuff oh like God. that. Yes. But um, it will tie into Rainer's Corner. Uh-huh. Stay tuned for that on yeah. our next segment. But um, there was an update to the college football. Yes, playoff. there was. There was right? an update uh, in, in college football. We have your new college football playoff standings. And uh, like we mentioned last week, there's going to be a lot of shifting here in these last handful mm-hmm. of games. Um, a lot of people that are sitting in the top four right now may not be in at the end. We learned that last week with some people moving in, some people moving out of the top four. Um, and the one that's moved into the top four, well, there's two that moved into the top four. You got Georgia and Clemson. Georgia, um, if you will, is the fourth seed uh, going into the as the college football playoff standing mm-hmm. sit today. Um, they have a huge game this week against Auburn. But the controversy is: is Georgia should Georgia even be you know within the top four? Um, they're kind of good wins, if you will. Their big wins on the season was over Florida and Notre Dame, but they got smoked by SC at home. Um, are we moving into that whole SEC bias thing that we talked about last week with having to have uh, two SEC teams in there with LSU, the top seed, Georgia coming in the fourth seed? Um, but are there other teams that are deserving being in the top four other than Georgia? Do we have to have two SEC teams in there? Um, a lot of people are saying Georgia's overrated. I wouldn't put Georgia into the top four. Uh, but right now they're plugged in there in that spot. Absolutely. And you look at LSU at number one. I mean, what can you say, right? LSU has beaten the most top 25 teams in the country. LSU has also beaten the most top 10 teams in the country. Uh, they have four wins over the top 10, right? And when you look at OSU, who's just been reduced down to number two, I think LSU definitely should have been the number one team because OSU's only beaten two teams in the top 25, Mm -hmm. and they've only beaten one team in the top 10. So when you look at that resume, both of them are 9-0. LSU has to be the overall number one. They took Bama out uh, in an impressive fashion. The game was a lot closer down the backstretch, but when you saw that game in the first half, LSU was completely dominant. So... um, I think that they got it right here. I think they got it right. You got LSU number one. You got OSU number two, um, Ohio State number two. You got Clemson number three and Georgia number four. Clemson absolutely deserves to be in. Strength of schedule aside, they are the reigning and defending champions. And you can't pick your schedule. I don't get to pick who I play. I just got to dominate them. I got to blow them out. And that's what they've been doing this year. Uh, Georgia jumped in there at the number four spot. So two eight and one teams in the top or three eight and one teams. I'm sorry, in the top six, uh, two in the top five as Bama was reduced down to number five. Um, So I think they got it right. I think that the top four teams that we're looking at are the top four teams in the country right now. Um, I think there is still some room for movement. 
as Oregon can make a case if they can come on late here, get someone in from the Pac-12. Uh, in Alabama, obviously, if they went out, they got another tough game against Auburn um, toward the end of the season. Yeah. Bama could potentially make their way in, but who, who do you think will be the top four teams when this is all said and done? I liked I like these four right here except for Georgia, right? Okay. Um, I would probably take out Georgia. I like that Clemson's in there. And last week you heard me talk about um, that there should be like kind of a representation from each from each of the Power Five conferences, right? right. And this mm-hmm. week we almost have it with the ACC in there with Clemson. We got Ohio State in there from the Big Ten. We got LSU from the SEC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, for me. If I was going to put somebody into that spot right now, I mean, Bama's a tough one to go against. Like, they should be in there because they're so damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, and But that gives me the two SEC things. I mean, maybe a Pac-12 representation. Uh, the Big 12, I mean, Oklahoma's a good ball club. Um, I would think it would more come out of the Pac-12, though, is if someone else was going to join that mix. Um, the team right now that I think that has a lot to bitch about right now is Minnesota. Uh, being an undefeated team, um, we talk about Ohio State, and you're talking about maybe Ohio State hasn't had like the toughest schedule to get there and things like that, like uh, LSU has, right? Mm-hmm. But then the committee tips their hat to Ohio State, maybe because they're Ohio State, but Minnesota's sitting there undefeated in the same conference as Ohio State. How are they being overlooked? Yes, they jumped up a handful of spots, I think nine spots this week, mm-hmm. but they're still undefeated in a Power 5 conference. And they're still on the outside looking in. Yeah, but here's the good thing, right? OS, o- Ohio State has been the better team over the years, right? Correct. Ohio yep. State will always get that nod. But mm-hmm. in that same conference, there's going to be a showdown. Right. There's got to be a showdown. Yeah. So now you look at it that way. Minnesota can bitch and complain all they want. But you're going to have the opportunity they to are play opportunity. Ohio State. Yeah. And you're going to have to beat them. And until that game happens, I don't want to hear anything from Minnesota. Can they jump up enough to get in if they beat Ohio State, though? Are they too far back on the ranking right now? Or will the committee start looking at, you're undefeated mm-hmm. in a Power 5 conference. Is beating Ohio State enough to get them in to the playoffs? Beating Ohio State absolutely helps Minnesota. It puts them in a really good position. Can they leapfrog, though? Can they leapfrog the Georgias? Can they leapfrog the the Bamas? Bama is the one team that can lose one, potentially two games. And because they're so good, and majority of the time the SEC is so tough, they can get in on that. Because their strength of schedule, their strength of conference. Strength of conference. Their strength of conference is the biggest thing people are missing out here. But again, looking at... OSU, and you're looking at you know Minnesota, you're looking at Penn State, all in the same conference. Yep. I mean, they're so they're a really strong conference. That this year. resume, mm-hmm. right? So if we're talking about how great Penn State is, of how great Ohio State is, Michigan State's competitive over there, right? I think Minnesota deserves more than a nod. I think if they beat Ohio State, you almost have to put them in, and that would be my take on that. I hear you, and. I think that they have definitely earned it if they can get in there. Mm-hmm. I think they've absolutely earned it if they can get that spot right. and get put in there. If they can they run would, the table. They would absolutely have earned Gotta that Got to run the table. For sure. I absolutely agree. They would definitely have earned that position there. Uh, but a great argument, right? Yeah. Um, I, I love it. Only only a few weeks left to decide this sucker. And, and there there is a lot of drama. A lot of drama <laughs> as far as the rankings go. A lot of great games left to play. And uh, this is going to be fun to watch to see who gets in. Absolutely. Fans at home, you guys go ahead and debate. Put in the comments, who do you guys think should be in the top four? Uh, yeah. Do you think that the you know NCAA comp playoffs got it right? Uh, who, who would you like to see? And can Minnesota get in the top go four? Go Gophers. If they do. Go you know, Gophers. I'm rooting for the Gophers. I'm rooting for you, Minnesota. <laughs> I, think, I think everyone inside is because... They're kind of the they're kind of the you know like that that hidden team that you Cinderella know story. the Cinderella story mm-hmm. just like we talked about with the World Series. Eric Decker was Cinderella a Golden Gopher. Story. Shout out to Eric Decker being a Golden Gopher. Yeah, man, and and I I, I think I think we got a lot of college football left, and I, I I'm excited to see these last couple of games and how they play out. Yep. And with that, 
we transition to the NFL and our segment we like to call the Game of the Week. Huge game this week, Wave. Uh, and it was the game that kind of everybody wanted to see at this point of the season. Um, the hype was there for the game this week. Uh, rivalry game, division showdown, uh, young kind of coach versus old veteran coach, both savvy coaches, both ask a lot of their teams. And the game gave us every single thing that we were looking for. And of course, that game was uh, San Francisco versus Seattle. Yeah, and it, it gave us a lot to talk about. In our segment later today, we're going to do the top five yeah. NFL ranking, power ranking. So uh, really shifted up some of those lists. And I'm sure your list, as it always is, is very interested uh, <laughs> and won't include my Green Bay Packers. Oh, oh what, maybe it's spray this week. Whatever. But yeah, let, let's jump right in, right? Let's jump right in the game. Uh, Monday night. And let me tell you, just being honest, it's one of the better Monday night games that yeah, we've had in forever. Um, I love when they put these divisional games on the prime time because those are the tightest. And especially in this up-and-coming NFC West. We, we had talked about how the NFC North was going to take the reins. It looks like the NFC West is starting to become stronger. Seattle and 49ers in particular. But uh, 27-24, the... Um, the Seattle Seahawks kicked a game-winning field goal with four seconds left in overtime on this Monday night game to take that win. Um, and again, a very impressive drive and a very impressive display of offense in the crunch time for Russell Wilson. Not so much throughout the game. I, I thought that defense had them uh, pretty, you know, bottled up. Uh, you have the defense scoring touchdowns on each side, but... A very, very good, hard-fought game that, again, Seattle was able to come out on top. Yeah, it, it was one of the most exciting games that I've watched in absolute long time. Uh, and like I mentioned before, you know, it, it, uh, it definitely paid out in full for those of us that were excited to see it. Um, the way that I think I found the game most entertaining was the fact that both teams' offenses were absolutely moving the ball. And, um, and it kept coming down to the kicker, right? The, the, the one guy that was picked up off the streets. Um, McLaughlin. It, right, <laughs> McLaughlin. Oh, the Niners know yep. his name. Yep. Um, so there was, some, there was a fun story there that was going on with it. Can this guy that they picked up off the street come in, handle it in crunch time, um, and, and really kind of just pay back the defense and the offense um, for the hell of the game that they did? Um, Wilson down the stretch, you heard me talk about last week, he was 11 touchdowns to one interception. He threw the interception uh, late in the fourth quarter there that extend, allowed the game to be extended into overtime. And um, But sure enough, in overtime, you know if Russell Wilson's going to have the ball, and if you want anybody in the NFL to have, a, have the ball in overtime, in crunch time, in a divisional game, in this game, you want Russell Wilson. And, um, and he got it done 100%. Uh, for Seattle, minus uh, that crucial interception that he did throw. Um, but all in all, I, I think it was absolutely not only the game of the week, but we're seeing what could potentially be the NFC Championship game. I mean, I don't know if I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm ready to write off every other team in the NFC. Um, obviously, my Green Bay Packers are there at eight <laughs> and two. Right, yeah. um, I'm not willing to write off every other team in the NFC, but when you when you look at this team and you look at these two guys, um, you know Jimmy Garoppolo and then Russell Wilson. You look at those defenses. Both defenses, like I said, uh, generated points. Both defenses, yeah. you know, held this to a very tight, hard fought game. Um, it, it's very hard to say that this isn't going to be a very competitive game. Uh, you, you're looking at now what their division looks like. The San Francisco 49ers are 8-1. and one. The Seattle Seahawks are 8-2. and two. They play each other week 17. So let's imagine if this can stay within a one-point or a one-game difference, just imagine where they can go from here. And, you know, what's going to happen when we get down to the nitty-gritty, the last game of the season, who wins the division and potentially gets that first-round bye? Yeah. And then who's the wild card that got to go on the road and win games? Yep. Uh, both teams, well, Seattle's going into a bye this week. San Francisco's got two home games coming up 
um, after this loss, so they get to stay at home. Uh, one of them is against our Cardinals. Okay, so the Cardinals, they got San Francisco at home. They got your Packers at home the following week. Um, both teams' schedules are, are difficult schedules down the backstretch. Um, both of them have a majority of home games, which is nice. Uh, but it's going to be a hard-fought battle down the stretch. The NFC West is crazy competitive. I feel like the Rams are going to pick up a little bit of steam here. Um, they sure as heck need to. And obviously, or the Rams are the defending NFC champions. Uh, a lot of football left, but uh, both these teams are in a great spot to be fighting it out for the rest of the season. Um, as you can see, when we get to our, you know, our top five, um, where we have these guys kind of ranked right now, um, the NFC is showing strong. Obviously, with your Packers, the Saints in there, it's a, uh, it's going to be an incredible, incredible, uh, not only run down the stretch, but the NFC playoffs. That's going to be absolutely incredible as well. It's going to be absolutely insane. I can't wait for this playoff season to get kicked off and watch some of these competitive games. Is home field advantage going to be the deciding factor leading up to this? Uh, as you saw, the you know L.A. Rams, they went into the Superdome, got a little help, obviously, but they went in the Superdome and were able to beat those Saints in the NFC Championship last year. Is home field advantage going to be... A big help this year. I, I think home field advantage is huge for the Seahawks. I think that's the toughest place to play besides maybe Arrowhead in the NFL. Um, so I think home field advantage is absolutely crucial for the Seahawks. Home field advantage for the Saints. Going to the Superdome, that's a tough place to travel too. And uh, obviously Lambeau, right? The icy home field tundra. advantage for the icy tundra and the yep. Lambeau. The, the, the Lombardi Trophy, guys. Lombardi Trophy, right? So obviously historic Lambeau Field. But when you think about it, you look at where they're playing. You know, is it an outside field? Yep. Is it a dome? Seattle, outside. A lot of rain. In this weather, inclement weather, right? Green Bay, there's going to be snow. There's going to be snow. There's going to be ice. It's going to be cold. Um, can you run the ball successfully? Can you throw the ball when needed? Can you win some of those games on the road? Um, that's going to be a big test. Big, big test for a lot of these teams that play in domes going on the road. But super excited to see the NFC um, in these playoffs. And I love this game. It was a great game. Yeah, it was an absolutely great game. Glad we brought back the game of the week. And, uh, and and that takes us in. It's time. It's time. We got a we got a song. It's gonna roll us into Raina's corner. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and get you guys kicked off. And here's the selection that we chose this week uh, for the song. And here's Raina's corner. The, the, I, is this the original Raina's corner? This is the original Raina's. We're going back to a lot of original stuff here with with. The original Reina's Corner music. We're going to hit you guys with Game of the Week after that. Mm. Bring it just, back I got, to the face. I got a question. I don't get how you could. I got a question. Like, how could you not like this song? <laughs> it just brings the segment in so good, so right. Um, and, you know, we got a good one. We right. always, I feel like we always got a good one. We always good. Say always we good got a good corner. Even if it's not that good, I feel like we always say we got a good Rainus corner. Yeah. But um, again, we talked about the axe murderer that's trying to get oh off gosh. of uh, serving his life sentence. Right. <laughs> but uh, so, so Raina's question, what makes a person truly evil? Are they born that way? Or is it an environmental thing? Does their environment make them that way? All right. Evil. Are they born that way or is it an environment? Born thing? evil, okay. environmentally fucked up. Right. So is it A or B? A or B. Okay. So A or B, I'm going to go with C. Okay. Oh. I guess I'm jumping in. Yeah. So uh, I'm going with C. I think your environment is huge, right? Mm -hmm. What's the environment that you're raised in? Um, what's that family life like? What's the, um, the, the the current area around your home that you interact with on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. What's that environment like? Um, are the parents in the house consistently? Uh, so a lot of those variables, right? What's the education system like? What are the the friends? What's what's what are they all about and stuff mm -hmm. like that? So so again, the environment I think comes into play huge. 
Um, but I think there's also chemicals involved through DNA, right? So okay. it, chemical makeups of individuals based off of the DNA um, that constructed them, that built them, right? Okay. Um, okay. So I think that can come into play as well. So that could be some of like you know the mental issues that people can have, um, things of that nature. Um, some of that can also be you're born with that inside of you. You're born that way. So, so I'll my ask answer you is this. C. I'll ask okay. you this, uh, kind of rolling into that. Do you not think that some of those mental issues, for instance, you know, if, if you watch the Joker movie, it reminds me of Joker. You, you recently watched the Joker movie that was out, um, you know, mental patient gone insane led to killing, right? But do you not think that some of those mental issues are environmentally, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. Based. Yep. I, I, I do believe that a lot. I think the mental issues can come stem from the environment that you're in. And um, I, I think that might be the largest piece of it. But I think all components can blend together. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was to say more often than not, I would say it's the environment. Okay. So it's so so it's B. Ah, no, just kidding. <laughs> Mix uh, in a we'll, little we'll, C. S- we'll stick with C. Mm-hmm. All of the above. Um, here, here's where I'm gonna go. All right. Okay. Uh, do I believe anyone is born evil? No, absolutely don't believe. You're just born evil. Okay. I, I don't. It just doesn't happen. Certain things happen in your life. Now, the makeup is what I believe. Right. One year old kid being abused. Mm-hmm. You know. Kids are sponges when they're when they're young, and so yep. I believe that if you're being abused or mistreated in your youth, you soak that up, and it it resonates with you, um, and it it makes that chemical imbalance, right? It was a naturally given chemical imbalance, not something that you know you were born with, and so I think that that form of abuse, that form of like um, psychotic you know, meddling with the head, uh, you believe you're not loved, you believe that, you know, no one is nice, no one can love you, no one can really, you know, kind of understand you, and so it mentally messes with your head over the years, and then you see so much cyberbullying, you see so much more Mm -hmm. of this type of bullying, when it's the only thing that you see, the only thing that you're accustomed to, the only thing you know, you start to mentally build these things in your head and that's what I think develops that evilness that's what I think makes people resentful mm-hmm. you know what I mean makes people hateful makes people it's it's a not a chemical imbalance that you're born with it's something that I believe environment is given um, just like water the, the water isn't poisonous right it's only when you add something to the water then now that water becomes poisonous like the bad apple thing, right? Yeah. One bad apple spoils the whole bunch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that that's what I think, and uh, you know, I feels like we both went C on this one, but uh, really we went B, and it's mm-hmm. the environment. Environment, absolutely, and great, great points by you. Yep, my man Wave uh, preaching on that one, and and I fully agree with you on that as far as the environment carries the most weight mm-hmm. and it's it's the environment that muddies the water for sure that you're you kind of talked about like right that muddies the water yep. um so yeah put me down for c heavy on the b in there okay gotcha mm-hmm. uh, so you guys give us your feedback you got the youtube channel get right below make the comments you guys got instagram wavy and gray podcast you guys got Facebook again, Wavy and Great Podcast. Uh, you even got where you can take to Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Tweet, tweet. You can tweet. You can Wavy tweet us. and Great Podcast. Um, you guys got any feedback? Anybody want to reach out? We also have an email set up. That is Wavy Gray Podcast at gmail.com. Again, Wavy is W A V Y. Gray is G R A Y. Yeah. So. Wavy Gray Podcast at gmail.com. You guys reach out, give us some feedback, and uh, we want to start a poll. Okay. Let's start a poll. Let's start a poll. Because while we're in Raina's Corner, we've, we left a little section open, and it's for Raina. We have right. this spot 
right here in between me and Gray today, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And this is where Reyna would be sitting. So do Should you guys do you guys want to see Reyna on a live episode, both seeing and hearing her on a live episode I think the people with Wavy and Gray, so she can give you guys her question. Give you guys the reason why she asked the question. Uh, kind of give you some background to how we got her doing this. Yeah. It, live in studio, it, we got 150 likes. Uh, according to Raina, Instagram started messing with um, the tallying the likes. It, it, mm-hmm. It's not something that they're going to track anymore. Um, but I, I was watching it closely, and, and I saw us eclipse the 150 like mark. Um, prior to Instagram getting involved and, and, and kind of removing um, the some likes. of the likes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, she sent me an article and said next week Instagram will be eliminating the whole like thing. Um, and it makes sense. You know, we talked about cyberbullying. We talked about, you know, doing mm-hmm. it for the gram, all yeah. that different things. But um, we got over 150. So now sure since did. they took the like thing away, sure did. we're going to start a poll you guys chime in if you want to hear Raina, see Raina on a live episode to bring you guys her Raina's Corner. Please let us know in the comments. Uh, we would absolutely love it. Um, and then if you guys love the intro, let's, let's vote on the intro as well. If you love that song, uh, YG, I Got a Question featuring Lil Wayne. If you guys love that intro song, again, let, well, let us the people know. decide Raina, Raina's let Corner intro know. music. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. We're going to allow the people to decide. Rain is corner. And then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the next one for you guys. Uh, I'm going to play another one for you guys. Just so just so you guys know that there are multiple songs that we like for Rain is corner. And Rain is just, you know, we, we just got to get her to pick one. What do we got now? Let's see. I'm going to pull it up for you right now. And we are going to play it. And you guys let me know which one you guys want to choose for Raina's Corner. All right? Here we That's go. That's nice of us to move it to allow the people to vote on this. I'm telling you, man. It's the, it's the, it's the only thing to do. Uh, so, without further ado, as we exit this segment, um, at the end of the song, we'll take you guys to our sponsor here at Anchor.fm. So, you guys can hear a little bit about that. But... You guys let us know what two songs you like. This is Ply's Who Hotter Than Me. And here we go. <laughs> Same basis. I got a question. Who hotter than me? Yeah. You know? Ply's, I got a question for the streets. Alright, I'm voting for the first one. I'm voting for the original. What are you guys voting for? Raina actually likes who's hotter than me. She okay. likes this one. Okay. But, but we're taking the power away from Raina. We want to know what you guys think. What song do you guys want to hear? We don't own the copyrights for sure either don't. one of these sure songs. No. But we want to know what song you guys want to hear to bring in Raina's point. Alright, stay tuned. Hear from our listeners. And um, vote early and often. It is a democratic democratic system over here at Wavy and Gray. And uh, rock the vote, people. Rock the vote. Hey, you guys. This is Wavy. I'm Gray. And we'll catch you guys in a minute when we come back with our top five power rankings. Y'all have a good one. Enjoy this brief ad from our sponsors, Anchor. Welcome back to the Wavy and Gray podcast. And uh, coming out of the break, what we got for you guys? We got the top five. Top five power rankings, baby. All right, so you want me to start it off this week first, Wave? You know what? You go ahead and start it off. I'm interested. I would love if you just ran your entire list down, <laughs> okay. and then I ran mine. So right, let's, let's try that this week. All right, here we go. 
Here's what I've got. Here's what Gray has in his top five. I've got your Packers in there, buddy. Hey. I've got your Packers in there. The the pack is never in my top five. This week, this week on the Wave and Gray podcast, episode 10, the double digit episode. As my son Tyrone would say, go pack, go. Go pack, go. And they are in my top five sitting at eight and two. Uh, I, I think last week's win for the pack was a was a strong momentum win. It's it's a team season defining win. Um, kind of everybody p- kind of groups together, finds a way to win. Tough, gritty game, and uh, come out with a victory. And I think this is going to springboard your Packers uh, back half of the season. So I've got them sitting in my five spot. Uh, number four, I've got the New England Patriots. Okay, I've got the New England Patriots. I'm not really sure where to place them, but that Baltimore game uh, left its impression on me. And so I have the Patriots in the fourth spot. Uh, they got the Eagles coming out of their bye week this week. I mentioned it last week. Get ready, Get Philly, ready, because Belichick and Brady are coming out of a bye week for you. Uh, but currently sitting in the fourth spot. Uh, number three, I've got the San Francisco 49ers. Hell of a game last week. We touched on the game of the week. Um, they do have a couple injuries that are kind of impacting them right now. The Emmanuel Sanders thing is huge for them. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how they'll play out with that one. Um, but right now, I haven't seen it eight and one. It was a great game. They could be in the top spot, but they did take a loss. Um, and with that loss, I'm putting the Seahawks. I'm putting the Seahawks in the two spot. Okay. Um, okay. I think they are up and running. And you called it out last week, saying this is Seahawk time. The back half of the season is Seahawk time. They do it every year. They're doing it right now. Hung the first loss of the season on the 49ers in a hell of a game. Um, I feel like they're getting stronger every week. And the most impressive thing coming out of uh, the Seahawks 49ers game for me was Jadavion Clowney and the way that he just beasted everybody in that game. They, he called out the defense. The defense has been called out. And Jadavion Clowney came in and threw down and was almost involved in every single play. Scored the touchdown for right. him. Yep. Absolutely. Incredibly impactful week for him. And I think he's got that defense going. Um, the number one team in my stack ranking, in my power top five, is uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Hey. Uh, huge win last week. Uh, so they they beat the Pats, mm-hmm. right? And then they and then they pound the Bengals forty nine to thirteen, okay. and um and they are just kicking ass. And they might be the most exciting thing I've seen in a long long time, or I guess maybe since uh, the Chiefs last year. But um, you got some AFC yeah, representation. I do this have week. AFC representation. If we That's flash back to last week, one AFC team. Now you got some representation and the number one team. Oh man, interesting. Okay, yeah. uh, what do you got? We'll we'll debate, but yeah. I'm gonna run mine down first. Please. Okay, yeah. In my number five spot, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Now, San Francisco last week was my number one team. Here's Nine what I saw. Here is what I saw. I saw in a close game down the stretch in overtime in the fourth quarter. I saw a Jimmy G that didn't look super confident. I saw, uh, I, saw I saw an offensive line that was allowing, again, a game changer like Jadavion Clowney to get in the backfield, cause disruption. Uh, but what I saw during that game was Jimmy G was not comfortable. He was mm-hmm. not comfortable, and if you make him uncomfortable, he'll give the ball up. Now, the reason that they dropped from one to five, not because of the loss but it's because of how they lost, right? How they lost and how it's going to impact them moving forward. That's the biggest thing. How does it impact them moving forward? Because like I said, when we look at that schedule that they have and the teams that they have to face down the back stretch, I'm concerned that they're going to be in a lot more close and tough games. Can Jimmy G handle it? Can that offensive line handle it? Um, can they get the job done? So that's why they're my number five team. Um, And in the number four slot, Green Bay, my Green Bay Packers, they got a hit and got after the Carolina Panthers uh, with a very impressive game ending, uh, you know, goal line stand. Some people out there may or may not think it was a touchdown. I don't think it was a touchdown. He never extended, so he never got past the line. Uh, Green Bay wins that. The reason Green Bay is my number four team, even after the win, I don't like the way that defense looked that game. 
I don't like the way they let Kyle Allen look like he was a freaking perennial all-star. Throw the ball around. We still can't stop a damn tight end. Back-to-back uh, -back weeks, we had Henry against the freaking Chargers. And then we come back and have Greg Olson, which obviously is one of the best tight ends in the league right now. But we have Greg Olson go off. You know, you, you had big performances out of Melvin Gordon. Big performance out of Austin Eckler. I don't like how we're giving up runs. I don't like how we're allowing the pass. The defense is bending a little too goddamn much mm -hmm. for me, okay? So that's why I got the Packers at four. Um, number three, I got the Patriots. The reason the Patriots are still in my top three is because they had a bye week. But that loss to the Ravens is ugly, and it just sits in the back of your head. Uh, this is the reason they're not in my top spot. I just don't see them yet. They're not right. defined yet. They've had some easy games. Uh, they faced the Ravens, and it just was an ugly loss. Now, seeing them against Philly this week can obviously change some of that perspective, uh, but it also still has a lot of... They're coming off a bye, you know. Bill Belichick's had two weeks to look at that Philadelphia defense, um, dissect them, break them down. Uh, but I'm very impressed to see how that defense bounces back um, and see what they'll be able to do against Philly. Uh, in the two spot, we talked about them in our game of the week. I got the Seattle Seahawks in my number two spot. Uh, again, I've got to flash back to you. You've been talking about these damn Seattle Seahawks for the past three weeks and I just finally decided to sit down and take a listen and look into them. And that Seattle defense, Jadavion Clowney, fully healthy. Uh, he's back. They are playing some great defense. Uh, got a defensive touchdown this week. Uh, Russell Wilson in the clutch moments has just been very impressive. He made one mistake down the one stretch. They, it should have been a touchdown. Put a little more on that yeah. pass. It should have been a touchdown. But I believe that they're still finding a way to win those games. And Russell Wilson, again, he's a front runner for the MVP position. Uh, he's not my front runner, which is why they're not the number one team. My front runner and the number one team is Lamar Jackson mm -hmm. and the Baltimore Ravens, the number one team. I spoke about the Ravens earlier when we first started this segment. I love the Ravens. The Ravens took a tough loss a tough loss, and I had to drop them out of my top five rankings, but they've powered back. They beat the number one team. They completely destroyed Cincinnati, which is exactly what they should be doing. Um, they're not letting any of these divisional games trip them up, and they are the most impressive team to me. So they're my number one team, and it's literally because I think Lamar Jackson is my MVP, uh, and Lamar Jackson has just been super impressive to me over the last couple of weeks. So I love that you're talking about Lamar Jackson for the MVP. And I think it is Lamar Jackson or it's Russell Wilson for the MVP. And I love this quote and I saved it. And I want to kind of bring it up since since you talked about Lamar Jackson and, and I feel the same way about him. And that's why I screenshotted this and wanted to bring it up on the episode. But Ravens coach John Harbaugh rhetorically asked Jackson on the sideline on Sunday after telling him, you've changed the game, man. Harbaugh's right. Jackson has changed the game. All the talk comparing the second-year starter Michael Vick has been selling Jackson short his this entire time. Jackson is better than peak Vick, and he's just getting started. That is absolutely huge, and I don't even know if it's that far of a reach. But Michael Vick, honestly, was probably the most exciting player I've ever watched in my entire life. And for Lamar Jackson, for people to be saying that he's changed the game, and some are saying that uh, he's better than peak Vic. Those are huge compliments, and uh, and they don't fall short of being right either because Lamar Jackson is absolutely exciting, and uh, he's got the Ravens uh, in both of our top spots, and he's got all eyes on him in the NFL. He's in the MVP hunt um, along with Russell Wilson in my mind. Absolutely. I agree, and uh, I even believe Mike Vick has been said, uh, he's been quoted as saying that he believes Lamar Jackson is a completely different animal than what he was. And when you when you look at Michael Vick, Michael Vick was unbelievable. 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 You know, when he was playing with Atlanta and he was in, it was an unbelievable game. He could throw the hell out of a football. 
I think what people are saying is Lamar Jackson is just a tad bit more accurate. Mm. Lamar Jackson doesn't uh, throw the ball 80 yards down the field, right? Like Vic could. Vic could throw the hell out of the ball. Mark um, Lamar Jackson is making the tight throws. He's making some of these passes, but his uh, – his physical ability is insane, and yeah. he, he is burning these DNs that are running four four forties, four three forties, and uh, he really has changed the way that defenses play quarterback. So that's why I thought that uh, the Ravens were a dangerous team, and Lamar Jackson is the MVP because he's completely changing the game. And I talk about it all the time. He's outrushed the majority of these football teams' total rushing yards by himself. Yeah, I was just sitting here thinking that I would love. To see a Ravens Seahawks Super Bowl, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, a Ravens Packers Super Bowl would be insane. <laughs> yeah, just saying. <laughs> no, but um, I I definitely let's let's flash forward. I definitely think the Seahawks are better suited for a running quarterback if this Super Bowl happens. Okay, I think the Seahawks are better suited of a defense to face that than the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers, I I tell everyone. Kaepernick ruined Aaron Rodgers' prime. Kaepernick ruined the majority of Aaron Rodgers' prime just because we could never get past the San Francisco 49ers when we had some of our best teams. We had some of our best offenses, and we couldn't get past San Francisco 49ers. So I will still say that I think that the Seattle Seahawks, if it comes down to it, they are a better suited team to face a running quarterback. Yeah, and before we get into picks here, did you see, speaking of Colin Kaepernick, he has workouts this weekend. Oh, you damn right! I saw that. Yeah. Um, and I also saw that they're talking about is it a is it a publicity stunt from the NFL, right? Is it a publicity stunt? But hey, work Kaepernick out. Kaepernick is, I like Kaepernick is like Terrell Owens. Hmm. You love to hate him. I like Kaepernick. Talented. I like as Kaepernick. Fuck. He is talented as fuck. The the yeah no everyone loves Kaepernick, but like. But what I mean is Terrell Owens, even after leaving the game, Terrell Owens was in his driveway working out. Stay ready, ain't got to get ready, right? Working out, doing pull-ups, push-ups, everything. But I believe Kaepernick's been doing the same thing. Kaepernick knows that this shall pass. All of this crap, talking about NFL banning him, different things like that, blacklisting, it'll pass. Eventually, you get over that shit. Yeah. Everybody gets over it. even your crazy ass ex girlfriend. The only thing nobody's she ever gotten over got is over Pete Rose shit. betting on baseball. That's the only thing people have never gotten over. You know what? <laughs> we're we're talking about that shit. We we yeah. are making that a segment next week. Cause, cool. Yeah, there's I, a lot I, going on with gambling I and sports to right talk now about too. That. Yeah. I need to talk about mm-hmm. that. Yep. You goddamn right. I can't believe that people have not gotten over that. Yeah. And Pete Rose, you heard it here first, should absolutely be a Hall of Famer. I don't 100%. give a damn. 100%. I don't give a damn what he did. Hall of Fame career. Period. Agreed. Uh, we'll talk about that, but let's go ahead and roll into ha, 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 the weekly pick 'em. The pros, me and Gray. Yeah, <laughs> we're the pros. But uh, here's the picks. Last week we had some picks. Ooh, uh, you know, we had three teams go ahead and win those games. The Raiders. You picked the Raiders. Okay. The Vikings. I picked the Vikings, and then we both picked the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. on Monday night. So Seattle won. Went ahead and won that game. So we split. So now the tally is eight for Gray, eleven for Wavy. Eight to eleven. Eight. Only three back. Only three back. He's only three back. But looking at this week's games, this Thursday night, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Cleveland Browns. Yep, in Cleveland. In Cleveland. In the dog pound. Who are you going with? I'm going with the Browns. I, even though Baker Mayfield's struggling on the season, everything's kind of seems like it's about to fall apart in Cleveland. I think this is the week that they just have to hold it together. Otherwise, there is going to be locker room chaos, I believe. Uh, Mayfield's having a, tr- a tough season, nine touchdowns to 12 interceptions. But the part that I think is really impacting them is uh, Beckham only has one touchdown this season. And if anybody's going to be a squeaky wheel, it's going to be Odell Beckham. And if the Browns fall to 3-7 and seven, and Odell, Odell Beckham only has one touchdown, I think you're going to hear a lot of uh, chatter, if you will, coming out of the Cleveland Browns. Oh, you'll hear a lot of chatter. And it's already started. Talking about Odell Beckham is open to being traded already. The talks have started. If you don't find me, if you don't give me the damn ball, because... Mm-hmm. Like every receiver says, I'm always open. Yep. 
Give me the chance. Give me the 50-50 balls that Eli Manning used to give me. Uh, let me be great for you. Now, I'm going to go ahead. Great. I can't believe you haven't talked about this. The Pittsburgh Steelers started 1-4. and four. Yep. yep. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 4-4 four and four now. Yep. Pittsburgh Steelers are on a roll. Five Grandma four. Lena, Red, you know, every one of my, uh, Willie, my cousin Willie, his daddy, all of y'all damn Steeler fans, I'm taking the Steelers, all right? Okay. I'm going to take the Steelers to win this game because the Steelers are rolling, and I actually think Rudolph has gotten comfortable in that quarterback position, and that defense is showing up a little bit, so they're going to go ahead and get the win this week. All right. I got the Browns. You got the Steelers. Uh, turning the page to Sunday night, we got the Chicago Bears uh, in L.A., and, and we've talked about before about the NFC East and how the NFC last week I kind of talked about the NFC starting to chug along and they're starting to become a dangerous uh, division. Mm-hmm. We had the Monday night uh, the Monday night game, which was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the Rams to continue to build up the NFC uh, NFC East or NFC West, West mm-hmm. and then also start to get their season on track. Okay, so I'm going with the Rams. They had a nice win last week. Um, to help get them going, you called out going down to the Superdome. Um, but I got the Rams winning this week against the Bears at home. Whew, man, um, one thing I got to do, I got to shout out Sammy. Uh, we play softball together. Okay. Um, I got to shout out Darius. Um, they're Bears fans. And uh, it's tough being friends with a Bears fan because you know they don't know when to just hit the panic button. And, and they don't know when it's just over, you know? Um and I think this game right here is one of those games that will just completely put the foot on the throat of the bear and get Mitch Trubisky the hell out of here. Go out, work Kaepernick out, bring him in, let him run this offense, and get you guys some damn wins because the defense is tremendous and you got some fucking weapons. You need to use them. Trubisky has not gotten the job done L.A. will go in there, and L.A. will take this win. L.A. will uh, improve to 6-4. and four. The Chicago Bears will drop to 4-6. and six. I agree. And then we got our Monday night game. Um, Chiefs at Chargers. So an uh, AFC, AFC West battle here. Um, I'm, I got the Chiefs all day on this. I think the Chargers, I was mentioning that, well, I don't know, last week or the week before, that mm-hmm. the Chargers are going to start their slide. Um, I, I think that they're on the way out. They're going down. Um, and that's what's going on with them. The Chiefs need to start getting back on track. They've been struggling of late, um, mm-hmm. and they're going to do it this week, I say, in uh, in L.A. All right. Well, you're taking the Chiefs. You know the Chiefs lost last week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, well, I wasn't sure if you watched that game. But, uh, Tennessee Titans took out the Chiefs last week. Um, Chiefs are 6-4. and four. Yeah. Crazy, right? The L.A. Chargers are four and six. I'm going to go. Ooh, really? L.A. Chargers at home to throw panic into Chiefs Nation. Completely throw panic into Chiefs Nation. Here's what I think: the Chiefs are in trouble. The Chiefs are in trouble. That's what it's looking like. The the Chiefs should have lit Mahomes Hill. They should have just completely taken four. Four games, let Mahomes get 100% healthy. Um, they, they know their defense ain't worth the damn. Mm-hmm. They know that their offense is going to have to score a bunch of points. Bunch. Um, so you really need the most healthy Mahomes down the backstretch. They're 6-4 and four. in the AFC. I believe they still can make it, but this here, the L.A. Chargers, I'm taking the L.A. Chargers. And I'm taking the L.A. Chargers even after they shit the bed last week against the freaking Raiders. But again, it's a divisional Raiders game. Raiders are good. It's a divisional game. The Raiders have a run game. The yeah. Raiders have a defense. David Carr hasn't made the big mistake. Nope. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. La Chargers. Did you can never count Rivers out, especially in an AFC West game? Can't count Rivers in that yeah. weird ass release right. out. Yep. Uh, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon, the third. You Gordon's know, looking good. I'm telling you, the team. His- Looks good. Henry mm-hmm. coming on as of late as the great tight end they got there. Um, that's going to wrap up the pick em. I believe that I'm going to go We have ahead two differences this week. We do have the differences. I'm trying to help you win here, my <laughs> guy. I am. Uh, but we got two differences. We got the Thursday night game. Um, we have 
You taking the Cleveland Browns. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Browns, Steelers. Get a win. Get a win, Cleveland. Sunday night, we have a tie. Uh, we're both taking the L.A. Rams. And then Monday night, I'm taking the Chargers. You're taking the Chiefs. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I got to pull within one this week. And honest to God, Cleveland. Cleveland, do something. Do something. Get a win. We'll see what Cleveland can do. Uh, but that takes us into our hometown section. My boy, Deli Everyday, leading us in with his song, Hometown. And we'll we'll run over some of this uh, ASU, Suns, you know, some local artists, though. Spend a little time on it. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on in the hometown right now. Everybody's kind of up and running. Um ASU is now taking the basketball court, so we got them going on with the uh, hometown spotlight. College basketball is getting going. Uh, obviously, football is still rolling along. ASU struggling, and uh, and the Suns we're going to touch on as well. I, I never talk about the Cardinals in the hometown spotlight. You never did, and I think it was just that Colorado pride, the yeah. Denver, Denver Broncos. You with the pack, yeah. me with the Broncos, and, yeah. and the Cardinals have been left out in the cold, and I apologize uh, did you see Kyler Murray shaking hands with LeBron James, speaking of hometown Cardinal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Stars were out. The yeah. Suns played the Lakers last night. Yep. The Stars were out. Aaron Judge was at the game, speaking oh, of the Yankees. Oh, I didn't right? cool. We had a lot of people out at Very the cool. game. But, yeah, the, the Cardinals have been impressive mm-hmm. with that offense. They've been scoring a lot of points. They've been doing their job. Uh, it's just it's not translated into a lot of wins. But I think it's a young core uh, with the old guy, Larry. I think, you know, the more they play together, the better they'll get. Uh, they got the San Francisco 49ers this week. <laughs> That's a tough task. In San Francisco. So task. Interesting to see where they go there. But yeah, and I've been uh, I've been happy with Kyler Murray's progression. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think early in the season, he was kind of a deer in headlights away. Yeah, it looked like it. Right? Yeah. And uh, the game was a little bit faster than, obviously, it was in college. That, that defensive line's a little bit taller than it was in college. <laughs> a little bit stronger, a little more pressure. Um, but I think he's starting to find his rhythm. I'm enjoying watching him this year, and, and I think they did make the right choice picking him number one. If it's not even only from a performance standpoint, he's got the swagger uh, that players kind of want to play with too, right? He's yeah. he's he's a leader. Uh, people are buying into him. He's confident, and he's getting more confident as the weeks go on. Uh, so. I, the Cardinals, I'll, I'll touch on them, but uh, hasn't been a whole heck of a lot to touch on as far as like a record standpoint, a performance standpoint. But they've been in a lot of games. It has been kind of exciting, and, and there's some good stories going on over there with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good storylines. I, I I like the Cardinals. Um, I'm gonna have I have oh I have one more thing for our local okay. spotlight. Yeah. Uh, so cousin of mine, you know my my cousin, has, he makes beats. So he's sending me over a few of his beats that uh, we're going to play on the show for yeah. him. Um, and again, we're going to highlight not only our professional teams, but the local artists, mm-hmm. um, the local, you know, different things that are going on in the state um, that we could bring a light to and, you know, try and get, you know, some extra attention out here uh, as there are a lot of great, successful people out here. So um, we will touch on that. My cousin Dominique is... Uh, He's going to be on the show next week. Cool. Uh, I'm going to be playing some of his beats for you guys. Love it. And uh, and I'll make this hometown spotlight kind of quick. But uh, college basketball is underway. ASU uh, dropped their first game to Colorado. That game was in Shanghai. Uh, Sun Devils lost by 10 to the Buffs, 71-81. ASU's got Oregon State coming up. Need to have a win there uh, to stay above 500. Sitting at 5-4 and four right now. Oregon State 4-5. and five. Uh, Suns are playing good ball. Good ball. Lost to the Lakers last night, but still sitting at six and four, two games back. Um, but but that was a great game. And the thing that I love about the Suns, they continue to put up a ton, ton of points. Yeah. They kind of held LeBron in check last night. Um, and, and three players for the Suns were over uh, were over twenty points. Uh, with nice. Booker also com- complementing that with nine assists. Uh, Baines, the enforcer, I like to call this guy. He had 20 points, 6 rebounds, and Rubio, 21 points, 10 assists. Uh, and your son's got the Hawks coming up on Thursday to get back into the winning way. But uh, that will do us for the hometown segment this week. Uh, that's going to do us for the episode 10. Episode 10. Episode 10 is in the books. Ooh. Appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you guys watching uh, on YouTube and uh, following us on social media. 
and um, just appreciate everything you guys are putting into the uh, to the podcast, just like we are for you. Yeah, man, we love you guys. We're gonna go ahead and get on out of here. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Uh, check us out, Wavy and Gray Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, and also Wavy and Gray Podcast. Subscribe to our channel. Turn the notifications on so you guys know when we drop a new video. Uh, and we'll keep some hot content coming to you weekly. You guys have a great day. This is Wavy. And I'm Gray. And this is the Wavy and Gray Podcast, Thanks baby. for listening, guys. Y'all have a good day. Thank